Welcome to Tech Intersect. I'm your host, Tanya Evans, and my life and work exist at the heart of law, business, and technology. Yeah, I've earned a few fancy titles and degrees over the years, but the bottom line is I'm a writer, speaker, teacher, and lifelong learner. And I'm really excited that you've joined me on this journey. So what is Tech Intersect? Well, it's authentic, empowering conversations with really interesting guests who demystify complex topics to prepare you for the future, because your future is now. And it exists where law, business, and tech intersect. Get ready to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. In this episode of Tech Intersect, I chat with Tim, Mr. Future of Work, Salau. He's the CEO and co-founder of Guide, which is a premier B2B learning and talent development SaaS app that helps remote teams and knowledge workers to learn anytime, anywhere on demand. So he's crushing the game in 2020, and I look forward to talking more about that when we get into the episode. But a bit more background about him, he's an author, investor, accomplished international keynote speaker, product leader, tech influencer, and the only Nigerian African American activist and global authority leading and shaping the discussion on the future of work, leadership, and innovation. Tim inspires millions of professionals and business leaders daily to embrace change and thrive in the future of work. And I'm really excited to share this lively, and I mean lively, engaging and info-rich episode with you. In fact, he does an entire takeover of my show in the first 10 minutes, but I went with the flow because it was an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to engage in an actual dialogue on the show. Now, a final note before we jump into this episode. Today's the day I begin welcoming a new cohort of students into my course from Cash to Crypto at Advantage Evans Academy. Yay! This is the third time I am running the course, and now there are three ways for you to learn and earn with me and empower yourself to be ahead of the curve and stay relevant in this new digital cash economy and also the future of money, work, and entrepreneurship. And Tim and I get into that as well, because in addition to focusing on the future of work, he also knows a ton about crypto. So the first 10 minutes of our conversation are precisely on message and on point. And now about the course. So From Cash to Crypto will give you an in-depth introduction into cryptocurrency. You'll explore the similarities and differences between crypto, stocks, and cash. I'll show you how to convert dollars into crypto, guide you through creating a digital wallet, educate you on how to earn crypto while learning and shopping online, and also introduce you to some of the legal issues and pitfalls to steer clear of, estate planning, securities, tax laws. So if you're tired of wasting time trying to break into the crypto markets alone, frustrated and confused about what crypto is and how it works, or scared to invest in crypto because you think it's illegal or unsafe, then this course is for you. Visit fromcashtocrypto.com to find out more information. That's fromcashtocrypto.com. And I hope you join me so that we can win in this new economy together. Okay, now it's time to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. 
Today, I am so, so very excited to welcome the dynamic, the energetic, the electric Tim, Mr. Future of Work, Salau, to Tech Intersect. He is the CEO of Guide, an exclusive 300,000 plus member global community of people who work at the world's greatest Fortune 500 companies. He'll tell us all about that. He's also an international keynote speaker, global tech leader, and a proprietor of a new line of tea, which we'll talk about as well. I'm really excited. I love all things tea, so we're going to take a deep dive into that as well. He also knows a little bit and a lot of bit about crypto, so we're going to go back and forth and exchange some ideas and see where we are here and the future of money as well. But first, let's get this awesome sauce party started. Tim, welcome. Oh my goodness. Dr. Evans is such Esquire Evans. It's such an honor. <laughs> I'm so excited to be talking with you. Thank you for having me on Tech Intersect. I, I literally am so excited that we're doing this um, episode because I've been looking forward to it for weeks now, even though I know we have to push things back uh, do, do the things that came up, but it, it's truly an honor to to be speaking with you. It's brilliant. You, so you've, you know, some of my best connections have been on the Twitters. Oh, uh, y'all know if you've been writing with me for a minute that I love my Twitter exchanges, but I've had some really authentic connections and you are one of them. We don't, you know, we've never met in person, but we have met and we have connected. Yeah. And so that's why I'm so excited to have you here today. And even before I jump into some of the questions that I have about your business, you had me at future of work for sure. <laughs> but I'm starting particularly in this year with the pandemic and all that's going on. We are recording one day after the election here in the States. And so I need to know authentically and just beyond all the other stuff, how are you doing? Like you, how are you doing? You know what? I, it's such a, I really am thankful that you asked me that because not even my parents ask me that sometimes. Here and there, but you know, it's, I think given what's going on with the state of the world, I really appreciate that question. And I have to say, I, I'm optimistic. I'm grateful. Mm. I think that for the last four years, and especially now, given what's going on this year in 2020, the world has been through a lot. I, I just have to be very frank about that. Um, not only Black America has definitely been through some stuff, yes. but the, just the, the world right now, humanity at a high level, we've been through a lot. And I think, you know, the, as things go into November and December, this is a time for all of us to reflect. And for even for me, I'm doing some hibernation, still working. But really reflecting on what the last four years have been, what this year has been like, and more importantly, how do I stay in this kind of moment of gratitude? You know, I, I, I don't want to get political by any means on this show. No worries, but, no worries. <laughs> but, you know, I think that, you know, with the, the recent announcement of Joe Biden being president, that's a great leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a, it's a great moment for us as a nation, as a nation, potentially collective humanity to hope that America is moving forward and progressing just towards better times, right? With, just with that person as a leader, right? Not talking about their political affiliation, not talking about uh, anything in terms of where they stand on, on, on um, agendas and, and whatnot. But fundamentally, as a leader, it allows me as a leader to be grateful that this nation and to a degree, our collective humanity is mm. moving forward in a positive direction. I think that's that's important for me as a citizen. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be alive and I'm grateful to be on the show with you. Well, that's wonderful. And I I co-sign everything that you say. And this is a moment, particularly this year and and quote unquote, sheltering in place. And even before 
the high pitched nature of the election that we were all going through <laughs> some things, right? The pandemic, the social and political unrest, the racial division that is amplified. It's not something that was just created yesterday or in these three and a half going on four years, for sure. But it was certainly exacerbated. And we need to get back to center. We're very off kilter. And by we, the collective we, because we're all connected. Mm -hmm. But it takes the collective energy and the positivity of in this moment in time, how am I? And, you know, I can look behind me. I can look ahead of me. But in this moment, I am well. I'm, I'm well for a number of reasons, but because I'm with you and I am hopeful and optimistic, although I am sleep deprived, staying up way too late last night on the night I said I was going to go to bed and I couldn't be bothered. So I was one of those people. So don't judge me. <laughs> I think, I, I, you know, this has been, everyone should have had their eyes on this election. Yes. Because it's pivotal for our country. Like, I, you know, I think it, you, there is sometimes where it gets too much, we have to cut off, but right. it makes sense why we're all attentive about this, you know, and, and it's really because it's been, we, we've seen the hiding tension for the last four years, mm -hmm. but now it's almost as if like, do we expect someone or collective, at least, collective body to hold one leader accountable, right? Or right. Hopefully, or hopefully think about where things are going. And I think in the aggregate, things worked out as they should, right? Like you can't, like you can only focus on what you can control, but right. in the aggregate, things seemingly worked out and we learned, hopefully, just a bit from these last four years. And I think, you know, to even kind of take it back to things in tech intersect, it's like as soon as literally you, you started hearing things about Joe Biden winning, I was looking at my stocks. <laughs> I was looking at my tech stocks, and you could see that tech stocks were climbing, climbing right, right to the moon, right. So I, I think it's interesting, right? Um, of of just how and like literally the day before they were down, but it's interesting in aggregate what people are how people are feeling, right? Not only tech, but I think in other industries as well. I was seeing motion, and that is just telling to me that behaviorally. We were waiting for a moment like this. Right, right. And it's going to affect tech. It's going to affect all other industries, but definitely tech as well. No question about it. I just pulled up on coinmarketcap.com, the um, the Bitcoin uh, numbers right now. And I would like to remind you, listening audience, this is not financial or legal advice. See your own person for your own advice. But I will tell you objectively, you know, Bitcoin is at 14,140 and change. And that is, I feel like everything coalesces around stability and confidence. Mm -hmm. This entire exercise that we call society is literally a social agreement. We have to agree to some basic minimum information in order to have confidence and a foundation that we build on within our families, within our communities, and then the ripple effect out to the world. So with all the chaos, people are going to hold on to everything. So you all can let your money out of your mattresses on January 21st, 2002. Don't, <laughs> don't rush. Don't rush. <laughs> but... and let me ask you something. Um, Talk to me. I, I, I want to ask you, Dr. Evans, you know, because we talk, you talk a lot about crypto. You are educating mm -hmm. the world on crypto. I love this space because I understand I've contextualized. I've gotten learnings from you in terms of how you even approach it. I think there's something between how crypto in itself is a decentralized system and, and protocol, right, based built upon blockchain, but fundamentally how it's bringing more access to financial markets. Yeah. 
in terms of digital currency, but I want to kind of latch on to the decentralization of currency and really like the socialistic component. I want to get your thoughts on where you see, given what's happening um, politically, sociopolitically, mm-hmm. and what's happening economically, tech, uh, technologically and economically, where do you see kind of like that overlay, that overplay of I, hopefully marginalized communities, whether it be low-income brown communities, black and brown communities, getting more access and being able to see the wealth that's, that's being created um, in mm-hmm. the markets. There's a lot there. I, I love this question because this really does lie at the heart of Tech Intersect, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the intersection of law and business and technology with a, a decided point of view to empower black and brown communities, those who are traditionally underestimated and, and represented. And I often think about where black and brown communities, women, LGBTQ community, where those various and varied communities sat at the precipice of the Web 2.0 build when we think about the dot-com boom and how many of us were left on the sidelines because of that, that critical, critical quadrant that really bites you in the keister. And it's what you don't know that you don't know. Mm. Because if you're not in the room where it happens to borrow a phrase from Hamilton, the film and the play, you don't even know that you don't know. And that's why I'm so passionate about empowering people with information so that we get to make a decision. People always talk about technology as being agnostic and it's just a tool and intellectually and academically, I understand that. Mm. But if you are not at the layer one build, then that means, for example, that when you go to the, you go to an airport or something and, and use the faucet and it has a sensor, but it doesn't see you because your hands are dark. Yeah, That meant that we weren't in the room to build that technology. We weren't in the room where tests were being conducted. We just weren't there. We weren't factored in. So when you don't have a diverse population around and within the technology stack, then that has ripple effects outside of it. So I think about participation in technology in particular. I'm not a technologist. I don't have a technology background. Father's a doctor. Mom's a patent attorney. I was a poet and an athlete, (laughs) but I'm also an early adopter of technology. And so that's why, you know, bringing it to your question, I'm so enthusiastic and passionate about letting people know of the power and the promise when Satoshi, whoever he, she, or they are, Whenever, you know, when that came into existence, white paper 2008, the launch of the technology 2009, to remove any intermediary that would stand between me and making a transaction with someone else. Mm. Whether I'm doing that with you standing here in front of me or whether you're in Ghana or Bermuda, that could happen seamlessly within minutes. That is so powerful to control your own money means you control your destiny. Dang, dang, you. And so that's what I think about that. No, Dr. Evan, that's so powerful to me because I get that. And I, and I, and I asked you that question because, you know, for a lot of what I see, a lot of what you're doing, I'm like, wow, like she is, I wonder how she got educated about it because mm. literally your story is similar to mine in terms of how I got educated about it. And that was, it was by dabbling, um, but not. I, I'm I'm definitely a, a, a late adopter. Actually, I think there's people mm-hmm. who've been in this crypto markets who saw the potential like years ago, and they are reaping hella benefits. But I actually How about it? late because I didn't even first one. We didn't even really uh, fundamentally as a nation, we didn't even know something like like crypto was possible for white people. Right. But those are people, the people who have been kind of in that in that blockchain security. 
protocol space. They saw it way earlier. And even some of them were late adopters. So so for me, it's been interesting now, like knowing about crypto for a few years now, dabbling in it and seeing the growth and even having friends in that space. I realized that the biggest thing is what you just said. It's giving people more personal agency over their money. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where I want to ask you, and you know, we'd love for you to um, share your thoughts with me as well on this. But I'm thinking that you know, financial literacy is actually mm-hmm. one of the probably the one of the weak points of us as a nation in the US in mm-hmm. terms of really educating people around financial literacy. And I'm sure I, I think your POV would be like, there's a reason for that, right? There's a few systematic issues that allow that and a, a lot of systematic oppression that enables that. But, you know, now with you, you're, you're a passionate educator. You're, you're always educating people about crypto. So like, do you see, do you hopefully see people kind of coming around to taking control of their relationship with money, given now that there's a technology and really a decentralized currency that allows you to have control of your money, right? It doesn't, it doesn't give it in the hands of any middleman. It, it doesn't, mm-hmm. a lot. you don't need someone else's permission to, how do I say this, reallocate it, renew it. Um, leverage it. How do mm-hmm. like, how do people now function in that kind of society? That's been a, a question that's been kind of plaguing my my imagination recently. I think people are terrified of that concept mm-hmm. because we were not raised to have agency over our money. Mm-hmm. We are taught from the moment, and, and it's all well intentioned. So no tea, no shade. Well, we will have some tea later, but I digress. Um, <laughs> no disrespect, right, to my family, to our ancestors about get that good government job, um, open the bank account, but be careful with the bank account because, you know, my my grandmother, you know, I think of, and there's just a couple of generations removed of black and brown communities getting really burned where one day you have all of your savings in the sa- the local savings and loans and the next day it closes. Wow. And then you're without. And that happened here in the United States. That happens all around the world. You know, some quote unquote developed nations where you go to sleep one night and the next day the government has commandeered your bank account. Wow. We are distrustful of institutions and necessarily so. I think of financial institutions. I think of medical institutions, educational institutions, the government, state, local and federal. So there's a lot of distrust because of the legacy of injury to Black people. So what does that mean? The education process of saying it's not an either or proposition. I don't think crypto will completely eradicate the issuance of fiat with, for those who don't know, government issued currencies. But all of this is a social contract. (laughs) The dollar has not been backed by gold for decades. This is agreement in the quote unquote full faith and credit of a government that prints money like it's going out of style. Mm. So to get people to really see, one, what is money, what is value, Mm. and why you should take ownership and control over that to give yourself options so that it's not an either or, but a both and. You know, do your own research, figure it out. But what I talk about in my From Cash to Crypto course is, do you want to have some exposure as much as you could lose if it went left, but to give yourself power and just... Try and figure it out because every country is talking about some form of digital currency or central bank uh, digital currency in some way leveraging either crypto assets or distributed ledger technology in a way that government's going to do. That's not advancing the ball from a Satoshi principle, right, or from 
other cryptocurrencies, but we have to get to a point where we bet on ourselves Mm. in order to give ourselves options. Final point, that's one of the strongest lessons that I've learned from both of my parents. Yeah, I'm going to check all the boxes. My CV is legit. (laughs) My expertise is legit. I'm giving myself options so I get to choose. Mm. And part of that is positioning yourself to be successful in the future of money. And digital assets, cryptocurrencies are going to be a part of that. Dang, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. And you know, I I I, I love this and I, I love I love how, how well put you put these because for me, because I you know, I still know people in the hood, I still know people who don't still have yet to kind of come to terms with their personal relationship with, with money. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of people just have bad habits with money. I mean, let's just be right honest. They just it's you know, I think right. one of the most powerful statements I've ever heard was the fact that everyone's relationship with money is personal. It's not even economical. Mm-hmm. It's just fundamentally personal. People put value into things that rewards them or they feel good about or gives them a, a fundamental emotional resonance. And there's, and I think that it, it takes a level even in crypto of digital literacy, financial literacy, but also economic literacy too, because mm-hmm. you understand how markets move. And, you know, there's very few people who, who want to dive deep into, into, that, uh, into that education path. But what I love about what you're saying, though, is that there is an opportunity, right? Right. And, and I think, you know, what, what excites me, especially in being in tech, is the fact that it takes leaders who are great at educating, <laughs> like like you and I. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, mm-hmm. you have to really be able to put it in layman's terms, one. But also, I think now with what I'm seeing at a high level, um, and not just on Twitter, like literally just thinking about the global standpoint of, of how we live, you know, right. a lot of leaders in tech. And I think traditional leaders in tech who try to make it seem as if politics, economics, and business aren't intertwined. When I'm right. you and I know that they're fundamentally intertwined. And in fact, if we're going to have a sustaining tech ecosystem, we're going to actually need a sustaining social welfare system for people in terms of helping them understand how to use money. And, and, and more, more fundamentally in crypto, the fact that it's portable money. Right. right? Portable money, not only in your own nation state, but in other nations, right? So right. it actually lends to our benefit economically, um, socioeconomically, but also fundamentally as a, I mean, the world is becoming digital first in majority areas, right? There's still right. Um, developing countries. I understand that. But holistically, like I think I, I kind of always get um, surprised when a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we should try to over-regulate crypto. Like I think regulation is fine if it's reasonable, if it's empowering people to be more mindful of how they right. use their money and where it's going or who has oversight on it because you can't control crypto. But I think there's a there's a lot of skeptics who haven't really even been educated and steeped in what crypto means and the underlying technology of it and they're skeptical, but they're all they're skeptical but they're also at the same time as, as you probably met some of these people they're also taking advantage of all of the benefits of actually being right. educated and how and how the mm. works, right? But they're really right. skeptical because they don't want other people to be educated and they don't want the empowerment to happen. And that often scares me when I meet people like that. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. 
Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Tech Intersect. Our conversation will continue in a moment, but first, a word on an exciting opportunity. There's a more cost-effective and time-efficient way to reach your leading-edge learning and earning goals, to put you ahead of the stiff competition in this fast-paced, tech-driven economy. You need skills, credentials, and a fast track to a competitive advantage. You need it now more than ever, and I can help. The Advantage Evans method puts you ahead of the curve with condensed comprehensive online courses, curated content to leverage your current skills and expertise, live coaching, networking opportunities, and more. Upcoming courses include From Cash to Crypto to help you buy your first Bitcoin, and there are two ways to get your advantage. Advantage Evans Encore gives you maximum experience for your total competitive advantage and access for one year. It includes a live welcome and modules on terminology, buying and selling, exchanges, mining, earning crypto, trading and investing, and also several of the legal issues you need to know in order to be safe and secure as you enter this space. That includes tax compliance, how to plan for a Bitcoin estate, and securities laws to make sure you avoid any legal unforced errors. Now, Advantage Core gives you the essentials. It's a short course to give you what you want and the support you need to buy your first crypto in as little as three weeks with access to the information and replays for three months. And if you're not quite ready for your Advantage and want a sneak peek to try before you buy, then register for a free masterclass where I share my Crypto 101 success checklist and cover current hot topics in crypto. So there truly is something for everyone, including you, to get in on the fast track and learn and earn in the digital economy. Visit AdvantageEvans.com to get started. That's AdvantageEvans.com. And now, back to the conversation. Yeah, that comes from, you know, it goes back to some of the systemic issues that exist in finance and also in technology. And then finance and technology had a baby and it's cryptocurrency and, <laughs> and blockchain. So why would we think it would be any different in the space, which means that it's even more important for people like me and people like you and other folks who we know in the space to, to be about the business of education. And then people, you know, we're empowering people to make better choices, informed choices about what their future holds, which is, has to be so much of what you do, considering that they call you Mr. Future of Work, so <laughs> which includes the future of money. Talk to me about whatever your journey was to get to this Mr. Future of Work moment in time. You know what, Dr. Evans, let me, let, let, let's go ahead and sip the tea a little bit. Let's dive deep. <laughs> I, I, I think that for, for me, I've been, I've been talking about the future of work for years now, um, literally evangelizing this future and contextualizing what it'll look like. Um, the, the shifts that are happening and you know the i i think there's mr future work is like it's kind of my personal brand name but for me you know it's just more so passionate about the empowerment i think we share the, the same passion in the sense of like 
there's economic empowerment in owning your own career, owning, yes. like having your own personal relationship that's healthy with money, and also fundamentally being able to pivot your career. Right. You have control of your money, and you also have control of what you want to do. You don't have to follow the traditional norms and models, even though we are highly educated, of going to school at this regular, reputable place or working with right. reputable um, firms or companies in order to be validated in your skills or your insight, or even just construct the life that you live. So for me, I think the shift that we're seeing in the future of work, similar to the shift that we both see in um, in, in, in the financial markets due to crypto, they are completely intertwined. And I think for me, I actually seeing it's 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 very business related, right? In mm-hmm. terms of I actually see, you know, right now we see the consumer aspects of the of crypto, right? And in the future right. workspace, I'm I'm like I'm building a company and guy that's very B2B oriented and, um, you know, it's bite-sized video training for remote teams. But I actually see kind of this overlay at a high level happening very, very soon in which the the same, the, the decentralization of currency is actually going to come into the workplace in some of the, the uh, financial systems that I'm seeing just scouting as an investor being built right now to mm. help companies better manage payroll, right? Right. Using, you know, there's one company in the Valley that, literally raised too much money. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it is a thing. Yeah, yeah, it is possible. Way too much money for where they're at. Over a hundred million from a C to a series. Hey, they're called, um, I think it's deal or deep or something like that deal. Okay. And they're essentially a payroll system for remote teams. That's their niche. Now imagine though, imagine the, the, the fundamental technology they could be potentially using to, to build that is blockchain. But also imagine mm-hmm. now in the next two to three years, the future where, a top of the blockchain that they're using to build this platform potentially, right? They could actually completely use their system as a reward mechanism in HR offices or within organizations right. and actually reward. And these, these people, these HR teams can actually reward their people, not only through one form of currency, whether it be US-based currency, but also cryptocurrency, right? right. That can be portable, that can be transferred, and you know that can be exchanged all within one potential system. Um, and, 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 and it, like literally, and, and they can, they could actually be a broker of that type of future. So I'm seeing this future where, you know, a lot of the overlay between the future of work and the fundamentals of just how remote work is going to be the norm. It was already right. the norm already before um, COVID-19, but it's going to even be become, I think it's going to be the ex- established default. That is going to change the way people want to have not only manage your money, but the way they require organizations to treat them in the workplace. And mm. I think it's going to require organization, organizations to start embracing this future. Like, I, I think that you, know, you can't be a traditional organization anymore. You, you don't want to be a Sears. You you really want to- How about out, that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you want to yeah. find ways to really, how are you building for uh, a decentralized world, right? Because the two themes that I'm seeing across future of the future of work in crypto right now is this notion of decentralization of authority decentralization of control, um, decentralization of fundamentally, um, um, how do I say this, purpose, actually. And and that is powerful. Those are two powerful things that are pretty deadly together, but deadly in a positive way. Absolutely. And you're right. The trajectory of this change or this pivot was accelerated for sure by COVID-19 and the impact that we will be riding through 
in my humble estimation, all of 2021 before we see some semblance of what we would consider to be normalcy in 2022. And I think a lot of corporations are learning, gosh, I remember that somebody said that this might be a good idea. And we said, no, we want you here at 830 and don't leave before six. And now it's completely changed everything in terms of travel and the way we work. Obviously, this is not an ideal circumstance where you have everybody at home educating, working, et cetera. But there will come a time where we take the best of these lessons and move forward to have just a a broader range of options for productivity. And not the least of which is also some type of entrepreneurial endeavors or intrapreneurial endeavors. If you're working within a corporation, you can still be that person who is the intrapreneur who are innovating within an existing system, to be sure. Um, So tell me more about the guide. I've read about it, but I want my listeners to really understand what you've built, the reason that you created it, and and what the future of Guide is. You know, Guide is a bite-sized video training platform for remote teams that we have been in build and in operation for a year and six months now, actually. And, you know, pre-COVID-19, Guide was actually a life skills training app for high school students. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) COVID-19 actually forced us to pivot the business. And, you know, the inspiration and the movement that is around Guide really started in, you know, in the December of 2019, uh, when I first met my my co-founder, Tavon. And, you know, we just fundamentally were passionate uh, about education. And I was already doing a lot of the work that I do even now already uh, around building community and, and educating people around the future of work. And, you know, we just realized, you know, he brought this technological, um, you know, distributed systems, engineering background to the table. And I was also working with Microsoft at the time, doing all the work mm-hmm. I was doing. So I, you know, I, I've been in tech for, for quite some, now, time, some time now uh, as a designer, as well as a... Uh, as just an evangelist of technology. And we were like, you know, let's join forces. Let's build our relationship. Um, let's invest both in our relationship and with each other. And let's let's build something. Let's build an actual movement around a, a product that we can really grow with and have a venture around, right? At the time right. we met Taban, he was actually building this really rough prototype that looked like LinkedIn, but it wasn't something that we could actually go to market with. It wasn't something that was um, um, that you can actually sell <laughs> fundamentally. So mm. for us, the the last the last year and a half has been about like building a, a company, building a venture that stands for it's not just a product, but fundamentally a cultural movement around how we believe work should be because we're a remote first team, but also the fact that quality education needs to exist. You know, the world doesn't need another LinkedIn. The world doesn't need another TikTok. The world doesn't need another Twitter. Those platforms mm-hmm. are just fine, but the world does need another quality education platform that's neutral, but offers right. bite-sized quality content for the masses and allows organizations to be able to train and upskill their workforce. So fundamentally for us, you know, it's all about building something that the world actually needs. That is fantastic in terms of the contribution. And I love the pivot in being able to quickly and nimbly take the core of what's best of a company and then be responsive to the times and also stay true to your core principles. So many companies were not able to do that. So many are still trying to figure it out. And some of those, uh, I hear you keep referring to education and the changes in education as well. 
And I know many people will find this highly controversial, but I say it all the time that education as we know it is dead. (laughs) I happen to have, you know, amassed a number of, of letters beyond my name and that's great. I did it, you know, at the time with my best information, but we're, (laughs) we're talking about, you know, not the blue collar or the white collar, but the new collar. We're talking about the skilled professional. We're talking about skills and credentials. Mm. We're talking about, mixing and matching where you are and what you want to do, what your interests and your passions aligning with your expertise. We see so many companies that say, you know, college degree optional, come on board. We got EY, IBM, Google, Walmart, so many companies that will train you in what we need to do. And that's just not, that's it. I'll say it this way. That's at every level of participation in this economy. So that too is, you know, I'm in the mid-level of my career, but I created something completely new for myself three and a half years ago when someone started talking about this crazy thing called crypto that I thought was drug money and wanted nothing to do with because I'm highly risk adverse. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Whatever you're talking about, I don't want. I just want my bank account. I put some money in my mattress. I don't want anything to do with that. And how it has, tra- you know, but what I did know is I need to know that because I am training the next wave of lawyers to be excellent and to be ready and prepared to represent the people of the future. So preparing the lawyer of the future means you have to understand technology and also competence to practice law. Part of our ethical duties includes technological competence Mm. and cultural competence. So bringing all of that to the table to inform the educational experience made my students better. And then just parlay that into I'm, you know, intellectually curious, lifelong learner. I was very hype about it as well. And then finally creating a separate online platform. Everybody is not going to go to law school, nor should everybody, but that doesn't mean that they should know what I know. And so that was the method to the madness to advantage Evans Academy. I'm looking up at our time. We could go on forever. We could go on forever. uh, This show does have a beginning, a middle and the end. You commandeered my first 17 minutes. so I'm going to ride us out for these last 10. (laughs) And we are talking about tea now, sir. Talk to me about Big Black Tea. Oh, my goodness. So that was actually a, a that was emotion throughout the pandemic. Mm, <laughs> that was emotion wow. throughout the pandemic, Tanya. And wow. It's it's fascinating because it, the the core motivation for it because was because of where the world is right now, right? Well, not right now. I think the world is going towards a more positive place, thankfully. Right. But really, a few months ago when we were all in the thick of COVID. And, yes. you know, the idea actually happened before COVID when I was actually sitting with a, with a few teammates of mine now, but friends fundamentally. And we were just talking about, hey, look, like, you know, they, 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 they actually bring this experience to the table. Their names are Lindsay and Cameron, amazing teammates of mine um, mm-hmm. and guide. And also with it, they, they, it's actually a part of my own personal venture arm that Big Black Tea happened. But we also wanted to make sure it was something that empowered the, the, the guy community, but fundamentally, they literally pitched me on this idea of, you know, a lot of creators are now creating their own brands, um, right. brands. Um, one example is the lady that's the lead actor on um, Gornish, I think it's, it's called. Um, uh, yes. What is her name? What's it? I, don't, I don't remember her name, but she has her own hair care line. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so 
they were like, yeah, like it's a really big thing that a lot of celebrities and creators are not doing to take control of their brand, take control of their platforms or leverage their platforms to, to really do, to build something that they believe in, right? Versus, yes. you know, them partnering with, Tracy Ellis Ross is her name, actually. Ah, uh, got it. Uh, oh, for Blackish. Yeah, I was thinking with, if for Gronish, it would have been uh, Yara Shahidi. Yeah, Both of them are no. super fly and <laughs> could do whatever they want. Yeah, but th- instead of partnering with a tea brand like Big and Low, why did I just create your own? So literally, so my, my friend sold the seed in my head. I was like, huh, well, if I was to create a brand around something, what would it be? I was like, tea, I love tea. Like, you know, I think <laughs> therapeutic, um, one of the most healing things. And there's a, I'm really big on tea culture. So I was like, let's make this happen. And this was pre-pandemic, keep in mind, right? So, you know, we just kept at it. We kept on sharing ideas. I was like, hell yeah, let's make it happen. I decided mm-hmm. that night when we were um, hanging in their living room, I was like, we got to make this happen because I think that I would love to be y'all's test dummy and create yes. maybe kind of a, a movement around this. But also, I'll, I'll fundamentally, I told them I'll fundamentally love to, I think for me, Big Black Tea is a billion dollar product line due to the fact that tea is something that that crosses cultures, right? Right. And it's so, it's um, it's a soothing tool. And given the state of the world, where we were at, kind of still at right now with COVID-19, like mm-hmm. something that people need. Right, like it's something that perfectly yes. people can use to be better, to create peace and foster more happiness. So, literally throughout the entire pandemic, we were going back and forth. I was working with them on brand marketing. You know, they they took care of the supply chain aspects of it, the sourcing of the of the of the actual tea from China, which is mm-hmm. China is like heaven. They they have everything. In China, I need right. I need to visit China very soon, actually. And I was like, let's make this happen, and we made it happen. And for me. I think the, the fundamental why is that it's good for our community. Um, mm-hmm. It's good for people right now who need to heal and who have been stressed the hell out for the last seven years. And I right. think the, the funny thing, uh, um, Tanya, is that a lot of people are like, big black tea, like, wow, like, man, that, I love that. But here, I know, I, I love it too. <laughs> like, a lot of, like, it had nothing to do with the Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> to, like, I, I just wear a lot of black one, but it was really more so to keep it simple. <laughs> Because <laughs> like, it, it, it fits the theme of, of my brand, but it was like, no, it's big black tea. But a lot of people are forming their own meaning within their own mm. organization and they're embodying it. And I think that's been powerful for me to see and for us to see because that's what we want. We want people having their own experience with tea and fundamentally with, uh, with the brand in itself. So, no, we've been grateful about it, Tanya. We really have. I love it. And um, I took the tea challenge to decide whether I was more Zen or Harmony. I'm decidedly Team Harmony. Hashtag Team Harmony. If you roll with me, I want you to use that uh, as well. And we'll just figure out, you know, (laughs) Team Zen, Team Harmony. Where are you? (laughs) Let's get that going. Let's get that going. I love that. We got to make that a thing. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my goodness. All right. So one other thing that I wanted to hear you talk about, you mentioned that you are Nigerian, you're a Nigerian American and obviously a technologist. And I'm wondering how that particular culture informs the decisions that you make about your life personally and professionally, where you see yourself, how you see your connection to the Nigerian community. Talk to me about that. You know, Tanya, I'm Niger. I'm really Niger. Um, and, and I grew up in America for the last mm. 20, 25 years now. Um, uh. um, so uh, I'm, it's, I've lived in Niger, 
up to a lot mm. of right? And for me, I, I kind of, I still have a lot of the collectivist values because I grew up in mm-hmm. a home. And but at the same time, I'm still quite independent in how I think mm-hmm. about uh, my economics and also how I think about capitalism fundamentally. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that allows me to, I, I kind of see, I see the world from a, a view viewpoints because I've also seen poverty. Like when my parents mm. here, we didn't have much, but we, they were able to make it out of the gutter, literally, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, taking care of us, put us through school and, you know, literally were able to build their own wealth, right? I've seen it from the ground up, what that looks like for people who emigrated to, right? The, right? So for me, I often think about problems, not only from the lens of privilege, but also from fundamentally what privilege does not look like. And that's not necessarily poverty, but it's not necessarily privilege either, right? It's literally being in that middle. And I think there's a nuance to that that we often miss. And just like the conversation around economics and the middle class, as well as even to a degree, race relations, right? Mm -hmm. I know some some Black elite people who are racist as hell. (laughs) Come on, I don't, come on. I don't associate myself with, I don't talk to, but I also know that there are white privileged people who are racist as hell too that aren't, they don't check their, their privilege, right? But I also right. know even in within that spectrum, there's white males who recognize their privilege and they do it to do good, right? And there's right. black elites who recognize their privilege and they do it to do good, right? So so for me, I'm often when I, I read the discourse and I think about my decision as a leader and building a company and with the things I even put out there, I often kind of have to come at it from that nuance of like, I've seen a lot of different sides of life um, as an Mm -hmm. American, but fundamentally, you know, one of the biggest things that I think is home true for me is that you have to respect everyone's humanity, no matter who you are. And I think that's, that's also comes from the collectivist values that I grew up with being a Nigerian American. That's brilliant. And that's a a perfect place to, to end and to reflect. Uh, There's so much power in that. I'm thinking of the phrase often used to describe you, what can't he do? Uh, (laughs) I haven't found it yet. If I find it before I record the outro, I will let you all know I've not found it yet. I am so thrilled about everything that you're doing, your energy, your passion, and your enthusiasm is infectious. This has been a long day, a long week, a long year. And you gave me so much energy in life today that I almost forgot that we're recording, but we are. So before we get out of here, obviously, thank you. Thank you so much. I want you to tell listeners how they can learn more about you and your work. And I will also share links to all of your businesses, the Twitters, in the show notes as well. But please tell listeners how they can learn more about you and your work. My Tech Intersect people, if you are tuning in right now, live or <laughs> on <laughs> right um, you know appreciate you thank you so much follow me on linkedin or twitter me and tanya we've been going deep on twitter <laughs> like, we're on twitter hard i love twitter it's been it's actually been my most active platform but i'm still active on on linkedin as well and i'm kind of active on ig and please check out guideapp.co that's our movement um, guideapp.co sign up for early access be one of our beta testers we're gradually expanding and growing and we're getting better every day. And also, if you want some tea, if you really want the tea, <laughs> like Tanya and I went in on the tea, check out bigblackteacom We're so grateful. We're literally we're selling out every single day. And you know, it's it's been it's really been a testament to the fact that we're building a great movement, but also people need tea. I at the end of the day, fundamentals. 
People need tea and they need to heal. And Big Black Tea is bringing that to the table. So please check out BigBlackTea.com and, and sip in peace. Peace, love, and sip. Yeah! <laughs> I love it. Coin that. I'll, I'll register that trademark for you. That's free. Oh you can take that one for free. That is so good. <laughs> I love you, my brother. I'll see you on Twitter. <laughs> Look, listen. If you're not fired up and ready to go, like go, go <laughs> after Tim's high energy takeover of my show, then I don't know what to tell you. He's amazing. His energy, enthusiasm, and commitment to empowerment, power, and positivity is exactly, exactly what we need for such a time as this. I interviewed him the day after the United States presidential election, and we now know for sure that the Biden-Harris ticket won, and I am thrilled. There's a lot of work to be done, that is to be sure, and that includes envisioning and reimagining money, work, and entrepreneurship in the fourth industrial revolution. We're now in excellent, capable, prepared, forward-thinking hands with the 46th administration, so time to prepare for our individual and collective future today. Let's go. Let's win, like really win this time. A few housekeeping notes. Please take a moment to like, comment, and share this episode and this podcast with your networks. Follow me on social media and let me know what topics you'd like to hear more of and who you'd like to hear more from. All right. That's all for this episode. Until next time, continue to shine. Stay in touch with host Tanya Evans via your favorite social media on Twitter at at Tech Intersect and on Instagram via the handle Tech Intersect. This podcast has been produced by Stephanie Renee for Soul Sanctuary Incorporated.